0: For KOSU, I'm Michael Cross, and it's time for This Week in Oklahoma Politics, along with Republican political consultant Neva Hill and ACLU Oklahoma Executive Director Ryan Kiesel. Tempers are growing at the state capitol. The gubernatorial nomination of Mike Mazie for budget secretary stalls after a row in the Appropriations Committee also, Republican senators are concerned they're giving too much power to the gov- to Governor Stitt over agencies. As lawmakers are getting told they can't meet with department heads without the presence of someone from the governor's office. Neva, is the honeymoon over?
1: <laughs> well, I think it. I think it may be coming coming to a close. And I, I think what we're seeing, as we've talked about leading up to this part of the session. Is uh, this is when everyone hopes the wheels don't come off but it looks like this week we had a little bit of that take place two and a half hours I mean it was uh, uh, a number of very heated ex- heated exchanges uh, ultimately ended with them um, going to lunch and then a memo came out during the lunch hour that uh, <laughs> we're not coming back and uh, would to be continued so I, I think that I think many of the issues that the uh, the senators were expressing the questions they were asking were very legitimate and I think it became Uh, more combative uh, just because of the tone Uh, that was uh, that was given in the exchange, and that was unfortunate and I think I think what we have now is a situation where it's raised a lot of other questions and issues that will all be infused into this budget negotiating process mm-hmm. that is hot and heavy right now uh, this week, and'll we'll move into next week and on through till maybe the end of the month I mean the, the notion that that there was a possibility of getting out early. Uh, before the, the the last day of May, now seems to be uh, l- a lot less conversation <laughs> about that in the halls of the Capitol this week as a result of some of these actions.
2: Ryan. Well, <clears throat> let's start with what's normal. What's normal is at this point in the legislative session, everybody's you know got a short fuse. It's time and they've been everybody's doing, yeah. tired, you know, there's there's a lot of deals that are being made, things are moving very fast, people are anxious. So this this is not the best time of the year to have uh you know contentious issues arise that aren't already in the mix. What's not normal is <clears throat> in these Senate confirmation hearings they're usually pretty pro forma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, you know, tell us about yourself, tell us about your family, and they- Or just know, make a statement. You make one a statement, and, and, and that's that. And, and they do the confirmation, and they're done. So this is a this is kind of a new situation for the Oklahoma State Senate, to have this kind of a contentious confirmation hearing. All of this is happening in the backdrop of a couple of things. One, budget negotiations have all but fallen apart right now, of what we're hearing. And so, you know, Nevis says the wheels have come off. It looks like the wheels have come off. Early adjournment is Probably not on the table right now. And if it is, it's going to be a week at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then second, you've got the, this, this new fight over the uh, the fight between the legislature and the executive branch. And a lot of times, you know, when we're looking at these agency heads, even though the agency heads are ultimately part of the executive branch, <clears throat> before legislation passed this year, I think a lot of agency heads felt that they represented the agency and not the executive branch, and now they're being asked to represent the executive branch in its entirety. And that's that's a new dynamic, and I think that the legislature is right to push back on that because they don't want to give up too much. Governor mm-hmm. Stitt has been very good at asserting the executive power. And if the legislature doesn't push back some, there's going to be an imbalance there. And
0: the other problem is that there are so many nominations. Because of this new law, because now everybody's... I'm seeing lists miles long of nominations that are going on every day in committee, on on the Senate floor. And after a while, I think someone would stand up and go, this is just ridiculous.
1: Well, and I think it's important to remember there are always a large number of Senate confirmations that take place every session. I think the issue at hand with this particular nominee uh, and his role as the, as the newly created finance cabinet position is that uh, he is one of the key players in the budget negotiations mm-hmm. and certainly someone who um, frankly it has uh, mixed reviews among some of his uh, uh, former colleagues uh, he's a he, he was a state he senator was the finance chairman. and finance chairman so he has a point of view that he is uh, that he's bringing now to the uh, to the uh, confirmation process uh, that 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 frankly kind of rubbed a lot of these folks clearly the wrong way by many of the comments that took place during the committee hearing. So I think we have I think we have a situation where it does uh, give pause to the governor and his executive team that while while they are clearly making seismic changes in how they want to construct and and help move uh, their their agenda forward That they also must uh, play well with the with the legislators, and and I think that this was kind of a wake up call for some of these folks to to understand that if you want to send memos, if you want to make directives, if you want to kind of change what business has the way it has been done in the past, as Ryan said, in terms of the agency heads, a senator picking up a phone call, wanting to uh, have uh, information, and then being told, no, I have to have uh, have to have other people in that process. It it's something that that they're going to have to work through and see what what's going to happen in the future.
0: Criminal justice advocates are raising concerns about a former lawmaker on Governor Stitt's team when current Secretary of State's Legal Counsel Tim Downing was a state representative two years ago. He worked to negate provisions of State Question 780 passed by voters. Ryan, does Downing's presence in the negotiating room bother you? Absolutely. I mean,
2: Tim Downing has made a professional career out of carrying water for the district attorneys and their efforts to protect and champion the status quo in the criminal justice system. I think Governor Stitt and his team Uh, by and large have a real um, emphasis and commitment to you know real significant criminal justice reform even this session Um, but at the end of the day having somebody there at the table that has you know proven time and again not only does he not support criminal justice reform efforts, but that he has actively worked to undermine them. I mean, he was one of the architects of the effort to repeal state question 780, even though it passed by an overwhelming majority of the people. He <clears throat> was one of the group of folks that essentially said the voters weren't smart enough to know what they were doing. Uh, and so we, we need to help them out. And now this guy is in the room uh, making critical decisions. And I know that the governor's office is saying, well, he's just one person at the table, but when you're the one person at the table, uh, oftentimes, that may be a lawyer that may have you know some experience in the criminal justice system. That gives you a really significant voice, and I don't know what the balance is to that. And I don't know what the counterbalance to that in the governor's office is right now, and so it is concerning. As we see this, hu- I mean, we're at this historic moment where we have a marriage of uh, political support outside of the Capitol building, political support within the Capitol building. Uh, and a golden age of think tanks from the far right to the far left that have come together, get, come together to answer every question the lawmakers could have about criminal justice issues that they're looking at this year. And yet people like Tim Downing and the District Attorneys Council, a state-funded lobbying organization, are essentially still doing what they've always done, which is trying to work deals behind the scenes at the end of session to kill real reforms. Neela. I
1: think that, I think we have to look at it and kind of step back and, and say, you know, here's someone who was a one-term uh, state rep, now legal counsel for the secretary of state in the room, as you say, Ryan, but someone who frankly is just, uh, he's in a holding pattern waiting to, uh, he's a nominee of the Trump administration to become U.S. attorney for the Western District. So he is not a long-term player. He certainly, brings his bias and his background uh, on the issue, but I think the overarching uh, point that is significant is that the governor continues to reaffirm uh, his position that he is going to be strongly uh, supporting, and and in fact, uh, the five, kind of the five bills out there that, uh, that there is great hope that they can still continue to marshal, you know, kind of marshal the forces and move through this legislative session and have him be able to sign, I think is significant. And I think the other point is that that he and others uh, are already talking about 2020 coming back in the next legislative session and doing a major overhaul of the criminal code and i think you know i think what you what you said is correct the the stage is set and the the players are in place and we're always going to have two sides to this debate still it's not it's never going to be a unanimous proposition but i think in the in the context of where the legislature the legislature is right now, I think it's promising that we can see some of these reforms really become a reality.
0: The leader of the House taps a special counsel to investigate accusations against Oklahoma City Republican Representative Chris Kennedy. Sooner Tea Party co-founder Al Gerhardt claims Kennedy improperly touched two women, including a former member of the House, Neva, how seriously should we take these charges?
1: At this point, I think uh, I think we just have to to wait. But we have to, I think, first consider that uh, the accusation is coming from someone who has a reputation of being just a Republican gadfly that uh, that likes to kind of toss these. Uh, kind of political hand grenades out there uh, he's got a uh, uh, he's got a blog that is uh, uh, certainly read by many on the what would be perceived as the um, the far right in the Republican Party uh, and they've made no bones about the fact that a lot of these folks they don't like and when they don't like them they tend to be uh, uh, hostile in, in their point of view on it and and uh, I think in the instance of uh, uh, representative Kennedy what we have is uh, here's someone who was involved in racist his own admission mm-hmm. uh, that defeated some of their very very best uh, stalwarts in that in that kind of that group and so uh, there's bad blood there and so I think you have to even though these allegations I mean he's making them uh, and whatever he's uh, b- brought forward and given to, uh, uh, to into given to the investigators uh, remains to be seen but I think we have to look at this at least at the outset as being political you know c- political bad, bad blood
2: right well yeah we are are a long ways away from anybody being able to point a finger at representative Kennedy right now I, mean, I think that it you know it says it says something about the the way that the house is operating right now that they even somebody from like Al Gerhardt who doesn't apparently have any evidence whatsoever right now that he's put forward other than just the allegations themselves That the House has nevertheless said, you know, we're going to investigate this. I mean, that probably wouldn't have happened two or three years ago. And so, you know, 2019 Oklahoma House of Representatives, they get these allegations against a member, one of the most powerful members in the legislature, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. And they said we're gonna we're gonna investigate this. We're gonna take a look at it. I think Neva's right. I mean, if you if you look at Representative Candidate, he was uh, you know critical to the effort to remove uh, kind of the Tea Party, the re- the remnants of the Tea Party wing from the Oklahoma Legislature uh, this last legis- this last election cycle. So there's there's some there's some motive there <laughs> on on Al Gerhardt's part. And um, you know I think that you know Gerhardt himself hasn't demonstrated that he's most credible of of people. And so you know to look at these claims, I think. You know, we're, we're at a time right now where any claim like this you know we need to investigate it and we shouldn't just you know brush it under the rug um, but I think that un- until there's something more here, Uh, I think we should uh, look at it with an eye towards where it's coming from and what the motivations may very well be.
1: I do agree with you, Ryan, that I think I think making this uh, uh, kind of active attempt and move on the on the part of the uh, House leadership to take care of this uh, in a in a very orderly fashion right up front rather than let it linger on because frankly as these things happen I mean you begin to hear this stir you begin to hear this uh, rumble and, and these accusations being made Made, you know whispered around the capital and it and it becomes very divisive, it becomes a distraction and I think to be able to uh, handle it in the way they did is uh is a good formula for the future
2: mm-hmm.
0: A state senator and former teacher tells Governor Sit she won't carry his nominees for State Board of Education. Carrie Hicks says she opposes Estella Hernandez and Jennifer Moniz because of their views on school vouchers and overriding local school boards. Ryan, will this have any impact on stopping the nominations moving forward in the Senate?
2: And, you know, I think it may uh, ultimately, because, you know, none of these nominations are, are a guaranteed thing. I mean, it, it may mean that either Her- uh, Hernandez or Money's may not make it. Um, you know, so I think that the chances that at least one of them... uh, makes it through the confirmation process is really high. I think that, you know, that this may mean that there's some problem with getting both of them. Um, But, you know, I I do look at, you know, where you've got Senator Hicks. Here's somebody who probably knows more about where the rubber meets the road in education than anybody in the legislature right now. I mean, she's right out of the classroom, right into the uh, Senate chamber and, you know, ran as an educator. Um, And I, I do, I do think that some of the the hits against her because she has she's carried you know, I think over a dozen of the mm-hmm. governor's uh, nominations at this point and she's
0: carried she's and, carried others
2: and so when she when she decided not to carry these you know the governor's office is you know uh, characterizing coloring this as uh, partisan you know that this is just partisan politics and that she doesn't have a real reason well she said she has a real reason she said that you know she doesn't like the way that they look at vouchers that she doesn't look like the way that they look at funding for education and um, and she said there's just some disagreement here that I can't reconcile. I'm not going to carry it, probably won't vote for him. Um, but then to just to say that, just kind of reflexively say, well, this is just partisanship. I think that, you know, looking at you know somebody like Tim Downing, we were talking about him earlier with criminal justice reform. My opposition to him being in the room isn't that he's a Republican. Frankly, some of the biggest champions for criminal justice reform this legislative session are Republicans, Roger Thompson, uh, Senator Vice. Uh, some of your biggest uh, opponents you know, you know, some of your biggest. Yeah. I mean, so uh, you look at folks that have really stepped up. To, to just say that this is partisanship, I think, doesn't hold a whole lot of water.
0: Neva,
1: well, I think I think there is a uh, there is a procedure, and clearly, even though um, Senator Hicks has chosen not to move the the nominations forward, there will be a process. I think where uh, whether it's a, a Pro Tem Treat or whether it's a Senator Stanislawski, the Education Committee Chair, or whomever it, it turns out to be, these these uh, these nominations will be advanced, and I think there's every expectation that given their resumes and given their, uh, uh, their their real strong positioning to to serve in this capacity that they will be that they will likely be approved by the committee and move forward for uh, confirmation. So um, to say that senators regardless of party uh, if they have issues with uh, any nominee, I mean the, this is the part of that vetting process and why it is put in place that there is there is Senate confirmations for these higher level appointees that serve in in very key uh, uh, responsible boards and commissions where we want to know, you know, what their background is and frankly, um elected folks want to know what their their views and ideas are on on subjects. They may not agree with all of them, but this is the process that we're going through. So I think it's I think ultimately it's a healthy process. Um and and you know, it goes back to, you know, I can remember the day back uh, you know, in 1995 when Governor Keating, you know, advanced uh uh Linda Murphy to be the uh, Secretary of Education. I mean, you had a Democrat controlled legislature. You had a 12 to 5 vote against her in the Senate Education Committee. She ultimately was not uh, confirmed to be the uh, Education uh, Secretary to the Republican Governor. So you know we have occasionally these ex- you know these exchanges, and now I think in this instance uh, uh, we're just seeing it play out in a little different fashion with uh, Senator Hicks and uh, these nominees.
2: And, and just to give our listeners some context here of, of how these things work, the, the reason that Senator Hicks was asked to carry this is that kind of the tradition. I don't think it's written down anywhere, but the tra- Tradition is is that if the uh, if the person that you're nominating lives in that senator's district, that that senator mm-hmm. uh, that represents the nominee advances the nomination in the event that they want to and right. then they get to right. decline if they don't and right. so and that's that's just kind of that's why Senator Hicks has carried so many i mean she represents a, a metropolitan a area there's a lot, of, area. a lot of a lot of appointees are coming from from that and area and frankly
1: in the past there have been instances where when a when someone was uh, vetted and and the name was put forward and there was opposition or there clearly were folks that had uh, major issues uh that in some in some instances either the nominee chose to withdraw or there there was some movement behind the scenes to make some other you know to take some other action so it is a process and i think it's a i think all in all it is a healthy thoughtful process that we've seen come into play again this week. Well, and
0: the Senate President Pro Tem also said he wants to make sure there's a little bit more vetting than there usually is, uh, which is just make And particularly make the a level, him, at, at, sir, yeah. at the higher yeah. level
1: at the at, at appointments of this level. And I think, as I understand it, uh, next Wednesday the uh, Senate Education Committee will be uh, uh, taking up these nominations, so we'll see next week what ultimately and we talk happens. a
2: lot about partisanship and how, how folks fight, but, you know, Senator Tree, the leader of the Senate, you know, he said that he's going to reach out to Senator Hicks before he does anything. And, you know, that's just that's just a matter of de- of. De- quorum uh and and collegiality that that's i think right. you know i think that we think that all of that's gone in that building but you know the senator treat before he does anything you know has has committed to talking to senator hicks and you know, he may very well assign it to somebody else or work at the governor's office to get it to assign to somebody else but he's going to talk to that local senator that represents those nominees first
0: the state legislature has exactly three weeks left until signing die and yet there are still no signs of a budget while it's not unusual to see a plan released in the final week this year was being portrayed as different with Governor Stitt at the helm. Neva, are you surprised nothing has come out yet?
1: No, I think, I mean, I think from all accounts that, that the negotiating continues and that they are making positive strides. I think they're much farther down the road than some, you know, suggest or may think, given every, you know, everything that's being said by folks that are kind of in that in that uh, process and have been in the room, so to speak. So I think they are trying to keep, uh, keep the process where the give-and-take on the final sticking points, which there always are two or three. I mean, the Senate's going to have their points. The House are going to have their points. The governor is going to have, you know, issues that he is going to be intractable on to a certain degree. And what they've got to do is finally sort those out and make sure that the numbers, I mean, the budget numbers uh, finally line up and everybody's on the same page. So I think, let's remember, this is the first time for a lot of folks in this process. And certainly this is the first time Mm -hmm. for Governor Stitt. So I think we're seeing actually a fairly smooth process there are always going to be hiccups There are always going to be setbacks and some delays and frustrations as we talked about at the outset of the of the program here that uh, it, that comes just naturally with this process it is a give and take and uh, but i think the the level of contention and and just uh, the 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 hostility that we've seen in previous sessions certainly is not there and that continues to be refreshing
0: right
2: i mean we are seeing some personality issues though and and you know we're we're seeing a lot We've talked a lot this episode about how the legislature and the executive branch have been at odds, but there are allegiances within those branches, and the executive branch. You know, from what I'm hearing at the Capitol, that the that House leadership is in much greater alignment with the governor on where the budget should be than they are with the Senate. And so if you've got the the governor and the house locking arms, then you're going to see things like the confirmation hearing of Senator uh, Mazie for uh, budget uh, secretary, you know, that going down in flames, or maybe not going down in flames, but at least on on hold right now. um, Because you know, what, what they what that's a, that becomes a proxy fight and, you know, other bills in addition to the budget become a proxy fight yeah. in that negotiation. Senator treats transparency and accountability legislation. I think SB one, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the premier piece of legislation for the leader of the Oklahoma state Senate still doesn't, still hasn't moved out of a conference committee yet. You know, the governor now has said that he would sign it if it gets to his desk. Um, but that's, that's not a, Hey, send this bill to my desk. That's a, if it gets here, I'll sign it. And, you know, that's, that's wait, different. Wait, wait, nudge, 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 and so, yes. you know, the, you're going to see, I think, not only with, with the budget negotiations themselves about the final numbers, but there's going to be some trading that goes back and forth on key pieces and, of legislation. And I think the,
1: and the education component on the teacher pay raise, more money uh, into the, the formula, uh, uh, whether they uh, have some other things inserted into that, that's a point where the House and the Senate, all through the session have had differing points mm-hmm. of view, and they, and they still haven't quite come to terms. And the governor, as you say, probably uh, has been uh, in that instance maybe perceptually more to the House uh, side in terms of the teacher pay raise and some of those things. But we're just going to have to see where the, co- where the compromises come in that particular instance and, because it is a major sticking point and still. And the
0: governor calling for $200 in the savings account, I don't think either side is really wanting. They kind of realize we, we need this money to go fund government. We can't just throw it in the savings. So and I think yet he, he and yet there. i think
1: he'll hold out for some measure of uh, savings so the question is wh- what uh, where's the compromise in that number as well
0: and how frustrating is I, That's i've always wondered how frustrating you think it is for a, a business owner who basically when he runs his business he makes a decision and the decision happens and that's what happens it doesn't no one talks about him no one goes You run the government, the government doesn't run like a business. How frustrating do you think this is for someone like Stead?
1: Well, I think it's a new, I think it is a a new process for him. It is something totally different than what he has done in the business world, I'm certain. And learning the personalities and learning the give and take of of things that will happen and, and some things that just won't happen very quickly, I think is where that learning curve comes in. And we have to remember a lot of his folks that he's put in key positions in his administration administration come from the private sector mm-hmm. come from the business uh, community so th- they are also on a steep learning curve uh, in a very rapidly moving session coming down to the close here where everything is focused on the budget and and what the final numbers are going to look like Well
2: budget senator treats uh, transparency bill and, yeah. and you know a handful of criminal justice reform measures i mean there's there are some really big high uh, high stakes issues that the legislature has in the next few weeks yeah. well i think I got time, time's running right
1: one of the things that kind of came out of left field uh, was in this conversation in the in the hearing was whether or not uh, agencies were being told that they might have to take cuts and mm-hmm. you know even though even though that was pretty quickly uh, tried to they tried to put that down I mean clearly when you start hearing that kind of conversation uh, whether it's real or just fabricated it still has it still has some impact in the total kind of the whole whole dynamic of where these yeah. discussions are taking place. And we'll
0: find out as we get Closer to signee die on May 31st. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan and Eva's comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the ACLU, KOSU, its staff, or management.